so much. That was beautiful. Good morning, everyone. In your orders of service, you'll find a little card, an ivory cardstock. And I made this um, a few weeks back. I was so excited. I was going to have props for a service. And so first we'll look at uh, the rebel side, and I'll do an image description. At the top it says rebel. There's a picture of a frustrated-looking child covering their face with their hands. And in quotation marks, it says, you can't make me. The traits from bottom to top are purposeless, apathetic, disinterested, helpless, fatigued, seeing no reward, and feeling a victim. On the other side, flip it over, it says artist, and there is a child finger painting with every color of the rainbow. And in quotation marks, it says, I would be honored. And the traits from bottom to top are purpose, meaningful, gratitude, empowered, inspiration, pleasurable, and creator. So something that I have not shared from, well, the pulpit, but in a sermon, is my own call story and how I felt called to be a minister. It began a few years back. Well, there's many beginnings, but the beginning I'm telling today A few years ago, I had first started attending All Souls Unitarian Church. I had never heard of a Unitarian Church, and I had been fresh uh, from five years outside of a church. I felt free, liberated. Can't tell me nothing, right? Felt great. And then I felt a call to community. So begrudgingly, I found myself in a church, sitting in a pew, and I didn't really want to be identified as a person who went to church. So I was just cautious. And from the ether, listening to my life, I felt a call. I was going to be a Unitarian Universalist minister. And I went full rebel. Everyone, go to rebel side and help me out with this story. Think of a time you felt called to do something that you did not want to do. Something you had to do. Something you felt helpless about. And so when I felt this call, I remember thinking, well, religion. I've seen religion hurt people. In history, heck, I've seen religion hurt people in the present, my own life. Me, I was hurt by religion. And I refuse to be associated with something that causes harm. So no, you can't, say it with me, make me. Say it, come on now. One, two, three, you can't make me. And then I remember thinking some more. You know, it's not just religion, it's organizations. People coming together. I don't trust it. I refuse to be a leader of such a thing. My name associated with my face? Oh my gosh, absolutely not. No, and you can't make me. And then one more thing, ether, that's saying this. People are messy. I don't want to be associated with people. (laughs) I'm messy enough. (laughs) I'm not going to serve them and work with them collaborate with them, and oh my gosh, I'll be changed by them, changed by them, oh my gosh, no, absolutely not, and you can't make me. I, in that feeling, kind of feel it, right? It's the rebel. That's my freedom. I told it no. That's actually false freedom. And in that feeling, I actually felt purposeless. I felt like what was being asked of me, what was the point? For me to suffer? For me just to go to school and like get some debt and, you know, read big books, know what pedagogy means, 
Is that, is that the point, right? I feel purposeless. I felt kind of apathetic. At the problems that were in churches, I couldn't solve. I was disinterested in collaborating, whatever that is, you know? <laughs> I felt helpless. What I see and what I recognize, I can't do anything about, so why are you even bothering me? I felt fatigued, exhausted to even be looking at the problem or looking at a potential solution. It was just exhausting, all of it. Leave me alone. I enjoy living by myself. I'm a recluse. It's going great. <laughs> and I saw no reward. Not in the end, not in the beginning. The journey, <laughs> laughable. And I felt a victim. What was being asked of me? It was insulting. Like you're, The idea itself felt like a threat. That feeling is actually the definition of self-righteous. Self-righteous is having or is characterized by certainty that one is totally correct and morally superior. Certainty that one is totally correct and morally superior. Anyone feel like a rebel and recognize now that maybe you're also self-righteous and feeling a little down? I got great news. Sermons are about good news. I have good news. All right, here's the good news. My friend, Ivy Norris, and teacher, was telling me recently that self-righteousness is fueled by passion. This is great news because passion, go, let's flip around on our, on our cards. Passion is the difference between purposelessness and purpose. You care about something, and either your passion moves towards, I can't do anything about it, and helpless, or your passion moves towards compassion and engagement. Either we're apathetic or we're engaged. But both come from passion. So innately, even if I am coming across kind of like a jerk, I'm not proud. <laughs> I share freely. <laughs> I've grown, I promise. Um, <laughs> it's coming from a passion, a knowing. Inherently, I believe how people come together how we come together and worship matters. And I believe how we come together and agree to the values that we're going to uphold freaking matters. So perhaps I'm seeing it done poorly in some spaces, but it's because I inherently see it matters. There's passion at the heart of self-righteousness. So, step two. <laughs> what are we going to do about it? Um, moving into compassion. The video we watched in the visual hymn, I watched years ago when I was in a dark time. I was truly a recluse. I didn't have a community. I didn't see any group of people regularly. Defining community loosely, I didn't have any of it. And I was alone. And when I saw that video, I saw even though my aloneness may not change, it was a season, how I engaged it could. I could be a rebel. I don't like being alone. This sucks. Or I could be an artist and create. I could take myself out to dinner and get over that fear. I have. I love it. Y'all, eating by yourself is <laughs> really a lot of fun. You can order whatever you want. No one cares. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and I realized also that even those artists, Andrea and Tanya, they created from their aloneness, from the reality of what it is. They were an artist. They created poetry, music, a video, 
eventually even a book of that same poem. And so I engaged my aloneness from the artist's perspective. And I saw it changes. If we shape God, I was now actively shaping myself in a way that shapes a God I want to be a part of. A God that sees and recognizes beauty and grows it, multiplies it. So we're going to go back through. Don't worry. I now feel much more like an artist most days whenever I am ministering. And I would go back through, and this is what I would say to my first initial reaction. And actually what I believe I did in some weird way did hear from future me. I remember I was on a walk a month later, still full rebel mode. Wasn't going to be bothered by school. You can't tell me I was going to get a master's. You're not going to tell me I'm going <laughs> to be in a church. Heck no. And I remember feeling, Yadani, it really matters. It matters how people come together. And it matters. And you, you care. Admit it. You care. And in fact, people are messy. So are you. And how great would it be to learn more about that? kind of get better at being a person. Well, that's kind of alluring, okay. And organizations, that's a concentrated space of people who care about something. So even though it's inherently going to be a little messy, because we as humans are, we care about something. It's like a hotbed of change. You get a whole community when you join an organization. And you get to mold the organization when you're a part of it. Unitarian Universalism is a church that I greatly appreciated because I was able to study the religions I care about and the many teachers that I follow. And I can practice with others and be changed by them. I can have a conversation with someone else. They are changed. I am changed. Magic is happening left, right, and center. So this is a space where, one of, where we find purpose. My paper. Where we find purpose and meaning is in community collaboration, covenant. We even have seven principles that we as churches covenant between each other and us as individuals covenant among ourselves in a community. That we're going to uphold the inherent worth and dignity of all people. That everyone who's affected by a system gets a vote. That's democracy summarized. We believe that we're all interconnected, interwoven into each other. And thus, our freedoms are, are attached. So moving into that freedom space, I saw I no longer felt like a victim, but creative. And I felt empowered to define ministry under my own terms. And ministry can be fun. I can be authentic. It's very, um, it's much more exciting and inviting I felt like life wasn't happening to me. It was happening with me. And the pleasure was not in some end date to come, some graduation or ordination or a job or a retirement or something. The pleasure is in the journey, is in doing it with people we care about. And that in that process, we are changed and we grow. And that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's worth something. And the inspiration... Now it flows, I mean, I'm not going to say like all the time, but it flows. <laughs> when I'm in my artist place, 
I think of ideas like, what if we had a day of hope? A day of hope here on the hill, where once a year we invited the whole South Tulsa community up on this hill to see the beauty of these grounds, to walk the trails, to do mindfulness meditation, for children, youth, adults, everyone to eat together, for us to offer a space for a day of hope. That's visibility. It's not just being seen, it's getting to practice together. What do we care about? Our, our principles. And empowered. I feel empowered in the sense that I am engaged with ministry. And I'm able to express my own authenticity and how it is affecting me in a way that feels so much more organic than the certainty that I'm absolutely correct. I'm morally superior. That's exhausting. I feel empowered to say, I'm not. I'm working on it. And then I even feel gratitude at the invitation. That wherever in my life I heard that call, I'm grateful I was called. I'm grateful there was a school here in town, Tulsa, in Tulsa, Phillips Theological Seminary, that has a Unitarian Universalist program of a Master's of Divinity. Oh, wow, it looks like the stars are aligning. I'm seeing my path as happening for me instead of at me. I'm grateful. I was grateful for the people I met, for the many ministers who helped me along the way and are still helping me. The congregants that I meet, it's really beautiful. I'm about to cry, so I'm going to just reel back a little bit. Um, When I'm in the artist space, I can actually be grateful for even the things that seem mundane and necessary. Someday school just feels necessary. But I'm grateful to be there. I can look, see with new eyes is that expression. And it's meaningful mastery. And there's a purpose for doing it. I have passion. And I can direct it. I don't have to be a rebel. It's kind of lonesome. I can simply create the vision of what I want the world to be like instead of rebelling against the reality around me. That's true freedom. And I think we now know how. Looking into your lives, I encourage you to pull out the rebel or artist card and see how you are responding to life. Are you reacting like a rebel? Or are you engaging what's going on and being an artist, co-creating, shaping God, shaping self, shaping life? May we do it together. May we do it in love. May it be so.